Well, once again, dear church family, this Lord's Day morning we'll be considering this wonderful, very simple, but yet profound parable of this fishing net, which the the Saviour speaks of. This drag fishing net, and how really it relates to the kingdom of heaven. You see, the King of Kings loves to speak often of his kingdom. And he uses very simple, doesn't he, yet very profound parables. And of course, the reason why he often spoke in in parables, very simple parables, is really to confound the wisdom of this world, the worldly wisdom and the proud of this world. He reveals himself, of course, unto those who will be humbled and be a learner of Christ. And so the Lord says in Matthew 13, 47 through 48, he says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And verse 48, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. This simple yet profound parable really struck a chord with me and it has always done because um, when I was two years old my parents moved from Wales to South Africa and we grew up for many years along the coast of South Africa and some people know that (laughs) very well how the Lord has brought it to the fellowship but I used to live in in a place called Fishhook which was in the shape of a hook, literally a bay that was in the shape of of a hook called Fishhook. And in that bay, you used to get these traditional fishermen, these old traditional fishermen that used to go out in these boats, these old boats, and they used to, one fisherman would go to one side of the bay, and the other one would go to the other side of the bay, and then one of the fishermen would be up on the mountain with a car mirror, and he would be signalling down to the fishermen uh, on each side of the bay, when the shoal of fish would come into the, into the bay, they would see this dark shoal of fish, or many shoals of fish, come in. He would signal to the fishermen in the bay, and these fishermen would then cast out their drag nets, as it were, one on each side, and they would enclose the bay. And then they would come together, almost like in a teardrop, back to the shore, And then for several hours, I mean, this was rigorous work, for seven hours, there would be six, seven, ten fishermen on each side of the nets, and they would, with great vigor, be pulling the fish back to the shore. And I remember as a young lad, just being on that shore, beholding this wonderful, this wonderful old traditional way of fishing, and having the, after several hours, seeing this huge haul of fish coming closer to the shoreline. And I remember quite vividly how some of the fishermen would even jump in to the haul as, as the fish were coming to the surface and, and the water was getting shallower. And you see all the different types of fish and how some of the fishermen would jump in to try to stop the fish from jumping out. And of course, they would then be sort, sorting through the fish. There would sometimes, I remember there was a great manta ray caught up in this drag net. There would be many types of fish. There were puffer fish and the fishermen would be casting out the ones which were not suitable, of course. 
But then, of course, the ones that would be suitable would be kept in to this big drag fishing net. And I believe, it it's not, doesn't have to be exactly the same, but I believe it's a similar picture which the, the Saviour here is describing. I think it's very, very similar. And, and he likens it to, of course, he likens it to the kingdom of heaven. What the kingdom of heaven is likened to and what it will be when he comes back again on that day of judgment. And so, friends, it is fair to say that the preaching or the gospel here is, is the net. It is likened unto the net. That is very evident from this parable. The preaching of the gospel is this dragnet that is cast into the midst of the sea. This has always been and will always be the primary means that God uses to catch precious souls. He has always used the preaching, the faithful, earnest preaching of the gospel to draw people in, into his kingdom. Of course, there are other means, but they always lead to the gospel. It is also fair to say that the sea here, that great mass of water, is likened unto this world. It is very plain and evident that the sea, the oceans, that souls are taken from out of this world and then they are meticulously separated, as it were, over time. And of course, in that great day of accounting, they will be separated, the good into vessels and the bad will be cast away again. The, te the tares will be pulled up and of course the precious wheat will be harvest, harvested. It is also interesting to, to note that the drag net here catches all different types and kinds of fish, as I've described. And of course, I believe there's two, there's two really meanings to this. Firstly, I believe this is representative of the gospel's saving power in saving all types of people from all types of backgrounds, from all the nations of the world. As the covenant that God made with Abraham, that the everlasting covenant of grace, that through Abraham's seed a saviour would come to crush the serpent's head. And that saviour would save and be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Every nation upon the earth would see salvation being brought, brought to it. Every nation, doesn't matter if you're white or black, Chinese or Asian, doesn't matter. Every nation will see the salvation of the Lord being brought to it. There will be a multitude of different peoples, of different tongues, being brought into God's kingdom. That's the first meaning, I believe. But the second meaning, and I think this is actually more important, is that the professing church, that is those who make up the visible church of Jesus Christ, that it will always be a mixed body. There will always be those who are truly born again and those who are not born again, like the tares and the wheat. There will always be those who are parts out of the outward membership of a church, and we see this across the denominations, uh, and there will be those who are truly part of the body of Christ, those who have truly sought the Saviour with everything that they've got and have closed with God. 
They are truly born again. They are ready for his, they are ready for his return. They're in the kingdom of God. They're living for the kingdom of God. And so I think this is very much representative here. And just as with any fishing net that will be cast into the midst of the sea, all sorts. You see, the Lord uses such a simple parable here. And he does it to confound the, the, the worldly wisdom of this world. He uses such a simple parable to confound the wise of this world, the intellects of this world. Um, the Lord, as a fishing net is cast out and catches all sorts of fish, so it is true that all sorts of people, all sorts of souls, will be brought into the church of Jesus Christ. They will be the truly converted. And there will be those who will become truly converted. And of course there will be those who will remain obstinate, as it were, uh, to the matters of Christ and eternity. They will be unregenerate. Like Lot's wife, they will still be part of, uh, of the visible church, but really they're not living for the kingdom of God. They're not living exclusively for Christ. And so we see this very clearly in this parable. And of course, in due time, they'll have to be separated. Of course, some are separated um, before that great day. They leave the church of Jesus Christ. They, they look for liberal churches, the, the churches where they're not challenges, challenged. There's a non-offensive church, a church where they can just have their ears itched, as, as it were. But also, more importantly, at the end of time. When, when the Lord comes back with his legion of angels, with the trumpet sounds, there will be a great day of separation where the hearts of men, all the hearts of men will become naked before the Lord. And the true character of those who make up the church of Jesus Christ will, be, will truly be revealed. We see this very plainly in this parable. And so the question arises for all of us, will I be gathered amongst God's elect fishes. Will I be gathered on that great and terrible day of Christ's return? Will I be there? Will I be part of those who truly have clothes with Christ, have true, are truly part of his kingdom, and I'm living for his kingdom, not for the, the va vanities of this present world? We have to ask ourselves that question. Because hell, dear friends, is for eternity. It is, it is the most serious question you can ask yourself. Am I converted? It's not, it's not a, am I part of a, a Bible-believing church? That's very important. It's not if I've been baptised or if I'm a partaker of the Lord's Supper. Have I closed with Christ? Am I truly converted? That's what's going to matter. Is if you have a true and lasting relationship with the Saviour. Well, to help answer this question, let us delve more into the symbolic and figurative pictures that we have here, which the, the Saviour gives us in today's parable. I'll begin with the sea, the, the picture we have here of the sea, that great mass of water. You see, the Lord uses the sea here, that great mass of water, because it's the natural element of the fish. You see, sinners are at home in the, this world, very much at home in this world. 
They're, they're very much, you see, at home, living for the sinful systems of, and things of this world. And soon as they're taken out, as it were, of this world by the gospel neck, well, they struggle to get out. They want to get out. They don't want to be taken out of this world and to concentrate on the eternity to come. You see, sinners, dear friends, rebel sinners, they're at home in the waters of this world. This present world, friends, that lieth in wickedness and will soon be completely destroyed and a new heavens and a new earth will be ushered in is that the natural is the natural man's heart, is the home for the natural man's heart. By nature, all of us do not desire the net of the gospel. That is us by nature. We are born as rebel sinners from God. We are dead in trespasses and sins, says the word of God. We do not desire to be drawn to the shore of eternity. We do not desire to uh, live for Christ's kingdom. Unless, dear friends, there is a true work of grace in our hearts. And as the expression goes, we are like fish out of the water, aren't we? And we know this very clearly when we go out on the gospel, we preach, endeavour to preach the gospel faithfully and prayerfully. The reaction most people see, they avoid us like fish out of the water. They, they, it, it repels many. But thankfully, dear friends, uh, it will attract some where there is a great work of grace in the heart. Because this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And friends, as water is the natural place for fish, so sin and the false idols of this world is the home and place for the natural man's heart. When drawn by fishers of men, God's servants... Into the gospel net, the preaching of the gospel, the natural man's heart says like Micah, ye have taken away my gods, and what have I the more, as it were. And even true believers can be guilty of this, this struggle. The natural man's heart is very much at home in the oceans of this present evil world. And like Lot's wife, they do not desire a new land wherein dwelleth righteousness. The sinful waters of this present world, dear friends, are the playground for the natural man's heart. And we very much see that, do we not? They do not seek to come out of her, lest they should die to self, as it were. That's what happens. You see, when the, the, the gospel net is being drawn closer to eternity, closer to the shores of eternity, and those fish are taken out, there's a dying to self. There's a living because they're ultimately, those fish, if they're left in the water, they're not going to be profitable for the king's mansions and banquet. That sumptuous banquet which the saviour, the king of kings, has prepared for his people, how will they be used if they disdain the, the, the matters of Christ and eternity? You see, as that net, when it's being drawn closer to eternity, dear friends, God's people... Every day that goes on, they get more prepared, prepared. They become more serious over the matters of Christ and eternity. You know, it's such a shame when you, you meet some, some professors and they've been believers for 10, 20, 30, 40 years 
And you see no progression in holiness. No progression in, in desiring to live for Christ's kingdom. To live for heavenly purposes. To be serious about the faith. It's, 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 so, it's so concerning when you see this. There's no seriousness. There's a flippancy, a casualness concerning the kingdom of God. Well, according to this parable, when they're drawn closer to that of eternity, dear friends, drawn closer to the shores, as it were, there becomes, that net becomes tighter, the gospel net. People become more serious, more prepared, as it were, to be used for the king of kings' glorious banquets. And so, friends, the, new, the natural man's heart, like greedy fish, goes after the sin bait of the, the temporary lusts and treasures and honours of this present world. Not discerning that the devil's hook is in many of them. And, and like I said, even we as true believers can be guilty of this at times. Not being discerning that the devil's hook is in many of these things. They feast without fear. They see the bait and not the hook. The devil knows, friends, how to dress the, the hook, doesn't he not? The devil, friends, is like he make, like Judas Iscariot. He, he comes alive uh, 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 beside God's true fishermen, God's servants. And he knows exactly what lure to use to pull you in. Exactly what lure to use. You see, he knows your heart. He knows what you're giving your heart to. That's why it's so important for us, dear friends, to be truly born again. To truly know the Saviour so that there is a, a true desire to live for him, to live for his kingdom, to love him for what he's done for us. And so, dear friends, remember the, the, the rich young man in the gospel who was loath to give up his earthly treasures to gain heavenly treasures in Christ. You said, he said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm already in this gospel net. But he was not ready, was he? He was not ready for the gospel net because his treasure was still in the sinful waters of this world. He could not let go of his treasure to gain heavenly treasure in Christ. You see, friends, earthly pleasures and earthly securities and earthly pleasures are a great deep. They drown many souls in perdition. The natural heart of man, friends, as we know from Jeremiah, is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Sin is, is, is so deceitful, the deceitfulness of sin. The natural man, heart of man is desperately wicked and who can know it? Well, God knows it. God knows how to deal with our hearts. The natural heart of man seeks to dive into the depths of sin. To avoid any accountability with God. To, to hide, as it were, to desensitize themselves from the matters of Christ. And the matters of the eternal soul and eternity. That's what we're seeing in culture, our culture. A complete forgetting of the matters of the soul. That's why we're having all these entertainments. There's nothing wrong in, if it's in, in itself of innocent entertainments and, and, and these things which we're given. In and of themselves, many things are good. But you see, friends, if we give ourselves to these things, at neglect of Christ's kingdom, and of getting right with the Saviour, 
they become our worst snares. I tell, I'm telling you now. You see, many people seek, the natural heart of man seeks to dive deep into sin to avoid the gospel light, to hide in the crooks and the crannies, deep in the waters, dear friends, far from the gospel light, and to avoid any accountability with God or God's servants that, that rigorously try to haul in, as it were, uh, God's fish. And this is so true of this day. It is so telling. You see, friends, the biggest fish are caught in the deep. Any fisherman will tell you that. The biggest fish are caught in the deep, deep in sin, deep in rebellion from God, deep in trespasses and sins. But you know, even there, even there, even deep in sin, God and his great love and mercy can very suddenly pour down and cast out that gospel net and draw down and save any poor wretched sinner. He did it so for me. This was me for years, deep in sin, deep in rebellion from God. I said I was a Christian, but I never really closed with Christ. I was never really truly living for his kingdom. This was me for years, friends. Is this true of any of us here today? Still deep in sin? Still desensitizing yourself with entertainments and all these things? You know, as soon as you leave this place today, the devil will whisper in your, in your ears, switch on the telly, put on YouTube, watch something, go onto social media, do anything but cry unto the Lord. Do anything but seek God's face, seek his salvation, do anything. And it's very true, isn't it? Friends, it is so true. Well, the gospel net can catch even the greatest sinners, dear friends, in the deep. And the Apostle Paul was one such man, was he not? He had the outward profession of religion. He was very zealous for the law of Moses and the tradition of the elders and of his lineage. Yet when the gospel net came down, dear friends, very suddenly, and Christ made himself known to him, and that his own righteousness was as filthy rags in his sight, and that he needed a righteousness of Christ. When Christ, the gospel came down upon him, he counted all these things but done, that he may win the Saviour. It's very true, isn't it? That was a big fish caught that day. And then he was separated unto the gospel of Christ. He lived exclusively for that. And what about you? What about me? I know we can all fail the Lord. We have a real enemy, friends. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. that. All believers can have times where we can be distracted. I feel that of, of late. I'll, I'll confess. There's been difficult times of late. We can all let the Lord down. We can all fail the Lord. But what, the question comes to us, are you living for him? Are you living for his kingdom? You see, the gospel net, dear friends, is, I believe, is becoming increasingly full. The days that we're living in, I believe Christ is nigh at the door, friends. The gospel has gone out to every nation now. The gospel net, dear friends, is becoming very, very full. We see that the, the telling signs, dear friends, of the end times, the very latter days. Are you ready? Are you ready for Christ's return? An outward profession will not do. Well, perhaps the gospel for some time now, for a while now, has come down upon you. Perhaps through family, 
perhaps through friends, perhaps even through providence. Maybe God is bringing a shipwreck. Maybe your life and your family's life is becoming shipwrecked. You know, some of the greatest fish saved in the gospel are saved at a shipwreck. You get some of the biggest and greatest fish at a shipwreck, don't you? Any fisherman will tell you that, dear friends. Well, perhaps for some time now, the gospel net has come upon you. The net has been drawn in, yet you're struggling still. There's still, there's a resistance there against the Holy Spirit of God, against the net. You're trying to get out. You're trying to get to the surface, as it were. You're trying to dive it and duck it. It's being drawn in. You're maybe part of a church. You're maybe even a member of a church. You're maybe even have participated in baptism and made many professions. And even in the eyes of men, people look upon you and think, wow, what a godly man or what a godly woman. Look, look at their lives. Look, how they, look at their gay clothing. Look, look at this and that. But yet there is not a closure with Christ yet. It's just all fluff. It's just all trying to please men and not God. And perhaps this net has been come upon you, but you're struggling still. You're struggling. You're resisting the gospel net. You're kicking against the pricks of conscience. You're resisting the Holy Spirit of God. Well, you may ask, well, how can I resist being enclosed within the gospel net? How can I resist the Holy Spirit? That's the question, isn't it? Well, I believe... I believe there's two ways in which we can resist the Holy Spirit of God. When the gospel is being preached faithfully and earnestly, and you're being caught up, as it were, within the gospel net, there's two ways, which I see evidently in scriptures, which we can be kicking against the gospel net, resisting the Holy Spirit. The first way, I believe, is that we can kill off any initial promptings and risings of the Holy Spirit convicting us of our need to get right with the Saviour. I tell you, dear friends, that is a very real danger. Almost a Christian. Almost a Christian. You're there with, as part of the visible church, but you've got one foot in, in the net and one foot in the world still. You're, still. you're still going, wanting to dive in and out of that net. And you're resisting the Holy Spirit. You're resisting the gospel net. You're not letting it take you, as, as it were. And so the first way, dear friends, and I believe it's a very real way, is you're killing off any initial promptings of the Holy Spirit, convicting you of the urgency to get right with God. The net is becoming full. It's being drawn closer to the shore. The time is drawing nigh, friends. That we see the days that we're living in, they're becoming like the days of Noah, when the hearts of men we see. I don't, we don't have a TV, but from what I'm being told, the wickedness that's on there, the, the hearts of men and women are becoming desperately wicked. The imagination or the thoughts are becoming evil. We see what's becoming of our society. The net has become very full. Are you ready or are you killing off those initial promptings? Of the Holy Spirit. You're killing off those initial risings of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, as soon as you leave this place, the devil will whisper into your ears. Switch on the telly. 
Go shopping. Do some refill therapy. You're tired. Go for a nap. Watch YouTube. Watch some, some videos on YouTube. Do everything and anything, but do not cry to the Lord. Do not seek his face. I'm telling you, the devil will say that very quickly. Don't listen to the devil, friends. Don't listen to the devil. Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ, who calls you today through the preaching of the gospel and the word of God. The primary means to save souls. It's nothing about this poor wretch. It's about the gospel. He calls you through the gospel. Will you listen to him? Will you listen to him? Or will you let the devil take hold upon your heart and leave this place today, yet still in your sins, yet still unconverted, yet still facing an eternity of hell, separation from God? It's a very real, friends. There's a light and there's a darkness. There's a good and there's an evil. Where will you be found? It's very serious and it's very urgent. I believe the second way in which we can resist the Holy Spirit of God is by avoiding the means that God has put down in his word. They call the means of grace. God gives means. And I'm sad to say that even in the reformed world now, they are very much despised means. In every denomination, they are so despised nowadays. Well, what are the means of grace that God gives? Well, the primary means is prayer and the reading of the word of God. Most Christians are, are so oblivious to the devil's work. I'll, I'll get all my, all, all my teaching from YouTube. I'll get all my teaching just from the internet. That's how I'll be educated as a Christian. Study to show thyself approved of God. It's you, it's your responsibility to study the word of God. Prayerfully, heartily seek his face. You see, I said I was a Christian for many years. But when the Lord truly caught me, and on that train in Italy, I remember I was brought very low, and for weeks on end, I was in that attic where I was living, and I was every night in prayer and, and crying out to the Lord. His word became real to me. Is this true of you? I'm not saying it has to happen in this, this way. It happens differently for all of us. But has there been a time where you've been brought into his kingdom and the means of grace become everything to you? God sets out his means in his word, being part of a Bible-believing church. You're committed. You have so many people going to church today, but you have very little people committed to Christ's kingdom. They come once a week they come once a week to feel better about themselves, but they're not committing to Christ's kingdom. Every day being committed. I'll wake up and start the day with the Lord. I'll cry unto him before I go about my earthly business. I'll go about my heavenly business. I'll cry to him. Cry to him for protection, for help, for grace. I'll have my mind illuminated so I'm not caught up in the vanities of this world. These things can happen to you. God promises that he will start this good work in you, a new creation. He promises that. It's a matter of belief. And we must say at times, oh God, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Make me, give me a believing heart. So that I can so frame my life around 
you and your kingdom. And so I believe the second way in which we can kill off, kill off the promptings of the Holy Spirit and resist the Holy Spirit of God is when we leave off the means of grace, true heartfelt prayer, but the devil whisper in your ears, you're tired, just put on a video, just do this or that. Don't cry to the Lord. Don't, don't be serious. He doesn't hear you. That, that's a devil, friends. He was a, a thief and a murderer from the beginning. Cry to the Lord. Cry to him until you know that you're his. Until you know that he is living and dwelling in your heart richly by his grace and by his love. You know his love in, in your heart. You know the gospel is true. Live for the means of grace. Live for him. Frame your life around the reading of the word of God. Prayer, being part of a dedicated church of Jesus Christ. Don't desire to run around, to to jump from church to church, to go to a liberal church, because you do not like to be under searching ministry. It's very telling, isn't it? Make sure that you're completely giving yourself to the means of grace. How many professors... With their lips do honour God. And yet with their heart they are far away from God. Just lip service as it were. Yet in their hearts and in their day to day homes and lives they are far from him. I suppose really that is the reason why many professors seek to be under so much false and non-offensive teaching nowadays. So much liberal Christian teaching. I just want I just want to be to be told. To, I just want to be told what I want to hear. I want something non-offensive, something that's not going to delve into my personal life. I just want to be told, really, that I'm a good person, that God is love. I do, I do not. Someone said to me recently, and I think it's very true. It said, it said many of these churches which have gone off the word of. God,